Life Spring number 147, up, up and away. <laughs> oh, it feels so good to be here. Did you miss me? I missed you. <laughs> so where you been? Uh, some of you already know, but I'll be telling you about that a little bit later. Hey, on today's show, I'm announcing a drawing. Yes, one of you, one of the LifeSpring listeners, one of the LifeSpring family members is going to win a computer. <laughs> Keep listening for all the details. So welcome to LifeSpring, where we hit you right between the ears with a message of hope, love, and good news. I'm your host, Steve Webb. So good to see you. If you're here for the first time, make yourself at home. Take off your shoes if you like. We've got cold drinks and snacks in the fridge. The remote to the TV's over there on the table. And I've got open Wi-Fi for you, too. Anything you may need to feel at home, it's right here. Just settle in and enjoy yourself. Now, if you've been around for a while, it's great to have you here once again. I always like to see your smiling face. Why don't you show one of the newcomers around, okay? So this episode is a week late. I'm very sorry about that. Uh, if you got episode number 146.5, you already know why. If you missed that, I'll tell you why a little bit later in the show, and I'll bring you all up to date with the latest news on that front. Today's show is jam-packed with goodness. You're going to want to listen to the entire thing because there's not a wasted second. It's all content, and it's all tasty. <laughs> and as I said, at the opening of the show, I'm giving away a computer, and this is the first show that I'm letting out all the details. And of course, that's later in the show as well. Real quick, let me tell you the uh, the uh, contact information, okay? Steve.lifespring at gmail.com is the email. And the toll-free listener comment line is 877-433-9091. So on today's show, we've got another interview. It's funny, I'll go for months at a time and not do an interview. Now, here we are, two episodes in a row with interviews. Today, I'm talking to a LifeSpring listener who has made a... Well, a life-changing decision that the LifeSpring Hymn Stories podcast actually had a little bit of an influence on. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? So, before we get into that interview, I've got a real cool Josh Woodward song that I'd like to play for you. And it kind of goes along with what we're doing. Shepherdstown, an eagle in a thermal is a circle now like a tire on a bike rolling down Columbus Street. But Katie got a little look of hope in her eyes and her arms unformed as she looked to the skies and said, I'm gonna learn to fly around with you, yeah. She jumped up high, she fell on the ground and skinned her little knee and made a horrible sound. Got right up and she tried it again And smiling all the way with her unstoppable grin Well take time, do what you're gonna do And just smile, you're gonna see it through Your wings are gonna sprout and lift you off the ground oh, no. Take time, do what you're gonna do Just smile, you're gonna see it through Your wings are gonna sprout and you will learn to fly 
bottom when you come back to earth The men on the white coats, they will all be waiting for you But Katie knew that there was something they didn't see And she climbed up to the top of the sycamore tree And said, look out world, I am gonna fly away She stood so tall and with all her might She took a flying leap of an astonishing height A wind blew through and it carried her high And Katie knew that she was just beginning to fly Josh Woodward with Learn to Fly. I've known about Mission Aviation Fellowship since about 1980. It's a great organization, and they do some great things to help disseminate the message of hope, love, and good news all around the globe. I do it with a podcast, and uh, Mission Aviation Fellowship does it with airplanes and some other things. You'll hear more about them in this conversation that I had uh, just a few days ago. Well, actually, it's about a, a week ago now with Brad Rhodes. Brad has been a listener to the show for a while, and I think he first found LifeSpring doing a Google search for information on hymns. I think that's how he said he found the LifeSpring uh, Hymn Stories podcast. I have to say that it really thrills me to no end to think that God may have used the Hymn Stories show to influence Brad in the way that you're going to hear about today. When Brad and I started our conversation, I asked him how he had decided to get involved with Mission Aviation Fellowship. So that's where we're going to start our conversation. Uh, well, it's kind of an interesting story. A, a year ago, I never would have thought that I would be where I'm at. <laughs> I became a Christian uh, when I was a kid. Uh, my parents were pretty happy to send me off to camp when I was nine and became a Christian there. And then um, the first sense of calling I ever had to missions was actually way back in high school. Uh, my youth group did a, a short-term trip to Ensenada, Mexico, and I spent a week working in an orphanage there. And so and it was uh, as we were riding back uh, across the border from uh, from Mexico into San Diego, I was kind of staring out the, out the window of the back of this uh, Winnebago, and I just had a sense then that, that God wanted me to be a missionary. But um, I didn't really take it too seriously. My church is, you know, has tons of missionaries, and I kind of had this idea that it was just socialization, um, and, and you know, God wouldn't really want me to be a missionary, uh, right. right? So anyways, so that was kind of my first sense, but didn't really pursue it. 
but I went through a computer science degree, uh, did some education. Um, so I, I spent the last 17 years working in industry. Spent 10 years running my own uh, con- computer consulting company. How this kind of all started was um, I was doing reasonably well in business, and uh, we we bought this house that uh, was bigger than you know I thought anybody would you know the, we would need. We didn't have kids at the time, weren't sure if we were going to, and um, uh, never uh, you know wasn't sure that that was really a good use of you know, what God had given us. Right. But I figured, well, I figured, well, if we give it back to God, um, then, uh, you know, then we are. So all, all I knew, how it all started is all I knew is I had an extra bedroom. And so I told the church that we were going to at the time, you know, that we had a, a room to, an extra room with people coming through the church and needed a place to stay for a while. Hmm. Uh, that led to a, a series of adult men uh, staying with us. Um, that led to uh, a high school boy coming to stay with us for a couple of years. My wife was teaching uh, chemistry and physics at the Christian high school at the time, and there was a kid that wanted to come from California to go there. So he ended up staying with us for a couple of years. And then we found out about an organization called Open Door for Teens that does foster care for, uh, for teenage boys, or for teenagers. They hit two homes for girls. We... Uh, then uh, started the first home for boys with them. It just kind of seemed like the next logical step in what God was doing mm-hmm. in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so we, we did foster care for for a number of years. We had uh, as many as four guys at our house at one time. So I went back to the same youth group as, as a leader. So I started with a group of high school or a group of boys when they were seventh grade. This year they're going to be seniors in high school. So I, I had all this uh, youth ministry experience and then found out about uh, what our church called a family mission trip. And it was a trip to an Indian reserve in Ontario, Canada. Hmm. First year I saw it, I thought, oh, that looks interesting, didn't pay much attention to it. The next year I saw it announced, they were specifically asking for people to come help start a program for the teenagers. They had been doing VBS kind of stuff for about six years. Enough kids had gone through that that they wanted to uh, do something for the other kids. So I thought, oh, that sounds great. It's definitely my background. It'd be a great introduction to missions for my kids. So we went up there. And uh, I spoke one night uh, that, that first year, and two girls made decisions for, for Christ that night. And wow. I was, told, and I, was, I was told that was a real breakthrough because in all the years they'd been going, uh, they'd never even had really spiritual conversations. So I started thinking, oh, well, maybe God can use me in this way. <laughs> and thinking that maybe he might want us to go there full-time sometime, someday. So I started yet another graduate program in uh, intercultural studies or missions at uh, Moody Graduate School in Chicago. Okay. You know, I'm partway through that. Let me interrupt sure. you here for a second. Uh, yeah. This, You said, you know, what you're thinking in your mind as, as these ideas are coming to you is, you know, maybe God is, is tapping you on the shoulder. Are you telling your wife that you're feeling like perhaps this might be something that you'd want to be involved in as a missionary? Uh, yes, and that's a very that's a very interesting and important part of the story. Okay, is is uh, um, from that first year we went to Canada, I had this sense that God wanted us to go there permanently full time. Okay, yeah, and, and from the very beginning she was saying. Well, I think God is preparing us for something, but I don't think it's Canada. Okay. Uh, so for four years, uh, we, we kept going back 
uh, to this reserve. Every year I'm thinking more and more, this is what God wants us to do. And every year my wife's saying, no, I don't think so. <laughs> and I keep I keep praying for confirmation, you know, one way or the other. I do a commitment to these boys through next summer when they when they graduate from high school. So that was kind of my time frame. And uh, so I was just really praying year after year that would, you know, God would confirm it, that, uh, you know, he would confirm it in, in her, you know, from, in my wife as well. So anyway, God has a kind of an interesting way of answering those kinds of prayers. Yes, he does. This last summer when we were up there, uh, did you ever see the show The Amazing Race? Yes. Yeah. So the idea of that show is you start at one place and in the world and you hop, up, hop in airplanes all over the world and end up someplace else, right? right? Um, well, that's what we were doing with the teenagers that year, minus the airplane a million dollars. So it's the first five minutes of the first event, and I followed this kid down this really steep hill, and uh, I kind of reached behind me, grabbed onto a vine or a branch, and uh, thought it would kind of hold me. Well, it ended up pulling out of the ground by the roots, spun me around. I start going down this hill faster and faster. I can't, couldn't stop. And the last thing, last thing I remember is my head was in a direct line for this big rock. I'm thinking it's all over unless I can kind of somehow turn in the air. And, and God didn't want me to die that day, I guess, because uh-huh. I did manage to kind of spin in the air. Uh, I came down with my back on the rock instead of my head right into it. I broke my wrist, uh, cracked a rib, and that was just the beginning of the fun. Wow. <laughs> uh, because of the rib, they did a chest x-ray, and that showed some kind of spreading in my ribs that wasn't really explained by the, by the accident that I had. So they, they ordered a, a, a CAT scan, and uh, that showed uh, that I actually had a, a genetic heart condition. Huh. The, the aorta is the main uh, blood vessel that comes out of the heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had an aneurysm in the aorta, mm. right, right where the uh, at the root where the uh, aorta connects to the heart. Ooh, that's serious. So I ended up having open heart surgery at Mayo Clinic in uh, Minnesota. Mm. So you know that fixed my heart, but I have um, they replaced they replaced part of the aorta, and they replaced the aortic valve. Uh, so I ended up with uh, I have a mechanical valve. And because of that, I have to be on a blood thinner called Coumadin for the rest of my life. So because of uh, my heart condition, I've been advised not to go out of the country for you know more than a week or two at a time. And that really includes Canada. I think Canada's too far, but where we were at in this reserve was actually pretty remote. Okay. And I said, okay, God, you know, what's, what's this mean? What's next? And Yeah, that would seem to really limit your options when it comes to being a missionary, not being able to go out of the it, country. Right. So uh, that was really a pretty big disappointment. But I was pretty sure by that time, at least, that God did want us in missions. I started looking for other options, uh, met with uh, the missions prophet, Moody, and he said, well, why don't you, you know, come down to the missions fair, you know, talk to all the agencies. And I, so that sounded like a pretty good idea. I'd planned on spending a couple of days doing that. So I went over there, and all I found was an empty room. All these booths were set up, and there was nobody there except for one guy from, from Mission Aviation Fellowship. And I almost left, and I was, as I was starting to turn around to walk away. I thought, you know, this could be a God thing. So I went back over, and, you know, I wasn't planning on flying airplanes into the jungle anytime soon. So I asked them if, they, you know, if MAF had any technology needs. And, uh, well, it turns out they did. He showed me a brochure 
for their learning technologies department. They had a list of about 20 skills that looked like had been taken right off my resume. Wow. So it's combining my skills and passions for education, computer science, and theology, all, all in one. <laughs> so there's one more piece of this story uh, as far as the, the, kind of this call to missions. You brought up, how, where was my wife in this? Part of why we also thought that MEF um, really was probably what God wanted us to do was my wife was feeling more and more called herself to be taking care of her aging parents. Yes. And, and so when I started talking to MAF, we were talking about me working remotely because the kind of hardcore work that I do, you can do anywhere in the world. I just need a computer and an internet connection because I'll be doing mostly programming. Okay. Um, so that was kind of the plan. So back in May, then we came out to Idaho for our interviews with MAF. And we got to the last meeting where I was expecting, yeah, we, we want to see you, see you in July for, for candidacy. What they said was a pretty big shock to us. They said, yes, we really want you guys to come, but we really think we need you in Idaho, you know, right away. Hmm. That was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I, I was really thinking I was going to be in kind of a hard position of telling them, sorry, you know, we're not coming, or telling my wife, Sorry, hon, we're going. Right. So what's in Idaho? That's the training center for MAF? Yeah, right. That's the headquarters. Okay. And why did they feel yeah. they needed you there right away? Just because they, they thought I would be of a lot more service being right here in the office. I see. Um, and I was actually in these meetings, I was thinking the same thing. They were bringing up issues and things. And I was I thought, well, if I was here, I could solve that in five minutes. Right. Um, so, so, so by having me be here, I kind of have more of an impact on setting direction, you know, having the, being part of the higher-level discussions I understand. versus just, you know, anywhere in the world I can do the hardcore programming, but um, by being here I'll be able to be more part of the team and all that. Gotcha. Going back to the story, now you're thinking that, oh, man, what are we going to do? They want me there, uh, so we have some decisions to make. Right. So I'm telling them, okay, well, we're going to really have to talk and pray about this because we really saw the working remotely as part of the confirmation this is what God wanted us to do. So my wife's crying. Every woman in the room is crying. <laughs> and what my wife said was, in the same meeting, she says, it's so obvious that this is where God wants us to be that I'm just going to have to trust God to take care of my parents. Uh-huh. And I thought, oh, wow. So I, I really saw, saw her willingness to take that step as a really even stronger confirmation that sure. this is what God wanted us to do than, than even the working remotely was. Right. That's a very big step when you have parents that are really struggling to be able to just say, I'm going to put them in God's hands. I mean, that's what we need to do. But from the human perspective, that's a very difficult thing. Can I, uh, can I tell you a little bit more about what I'll be doing here? I would absolutely love to hear that. Yeah, I, I want to hear about exactly what MAF is, for those that don't okay. know, what their call is, um, how they work, the different needs that MAF has, and then, yeah, specifically what your job is. That'd be great. Okay. Mission Aviation Fellowship started towards the end of World War II by a group of Air Force pilots who got together and were looking at how can they use airplane, you know, for ministry. And so for the last 60 years, that's what, what they've been doing. They, they started with one plane and a, and a vision for using technology for taking the gospel to the most remote places of the world. Uh, today they have over 50 planes serving on four continents. I forget how many countries. So since they started up aviation, they've added communications, mainly data communications, 
And then most recently, they've added the department I'm in, Learning Technologies. And so that's about uh, just using computers and all forms of media to achieve that same vision okay. of taking, taking the gospel and, and, in particular, Christian education to those places. Let me ask you, do they have sure. um, a staff of people that actually live in the different countries, or are they used primarily as uh, just a means of getting missionaries to their locations? There are people, there's air bases all over the world. Okay. Um, and, and they actually have, like, scheduled flights um, from one place to the other, you know, oftentimes on a daily basis. Um, they do a lot of medical evacuation. One particular place in the world, they were the uh, only air support at all. Wow. Um, so it's uh, just really, really cool what the pilots do. Okay. Um, my friend uh, here uh, is a, a pilot, and he has a story of uh, saving a mom and her baby. The mom was in labor and in distress, and if, uh, if it weren't for the airplane to be able to get in and fly her to, uh, to a hospital, you know, most likely both the mom and the baby would have been lost. So mm-hmm. okay. they're doing really exciting things. Okay, so you were telling us about uh, what MAF does. Uh, so aviation, communications, and, and learning technologies. Okay. And what's really exciting to me about learning technologies is that there's 3 million pastors in the developing world, most of which have no, uh, no education or, or very little. Mm-hmm. And most of those people will never have a chance to leave their villages, to go to a big city or come to the States for, uh, for any kind of training. Then the thing is, even those that do, Nine out of ten of them will never go back to serve their people. Hmm. And then the other thing is, is the, the one guy that does go back, he's changed. He's gotten used to uh, things like, you know, electricity and running water. Sure. He's now much more educated than everybody else that he's used to talking to. So even the people that, the few that do go back end up having problems. So by uh, using technology, we're able to take education, you know, right to the people where they're serving. Okay. For example, in Kenya, we partner with an association of about 3,000 pastors to establish a learning center. So with one server and six computers, these pastors and others can access the resources of this huge database we have. We've got um, 250 gigabytes on a hard drive of Christian educational materials. Hmm. Uh, That's like 45,000 books. There's 300 hours of audio, 500 hours of video on there. So there's uh, a lot of information that we're able to take to people. Right. And so what kind of computers are they using for the geeks here? I mean, if, if they don't have electricity, we've got a problem. Uh, right. And so uh, in the southern Sudan, for example, there's a, a program there where they uh, access this database. Um, and they just have one laptop computer that they can all huddle around, <laughs> and the laptop's powered by a car battery. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and they also uh, use um, MP3 players with uh, rechargeable batteries. Okay. And what, what happens there is uh, students bring in their, their players and the uh, instructors load it up with audio for whatever it is they're covering. Students take it back, listen, they come back day after day with the batteries drained, just hungry for more. The other cool thing we have is uh, we actually have some solar-powered MP3 players. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, I wouldn't mind having one of those myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We partner uh, with another organization on, with those, 
and those are loaded up with an 80-minute story of creation uh, called God's Story. I think it's godstory.org. Uh, you can see more about that. But yeah, we're, we're loading that story onto these solar-powered MP3 players. And um, just one of these God pods has resulted in 35 new believers. And among those were 12 Hindus and 23 Muslims. And so even wow. Hindu and Muslim leaders are, are t- turning to Christ. Is that right? They, That's enormous. Yeah. That is huge. Yeah, the key to this that I guess I haven't mentioned is a lot of the world learns differently than we do. You know, we're kind of we kind of think linearly, step one, step two. Right. Uh, we, we we read books. Uh, we think really analytically, and a big part of the world actually learns best by telling and listening to stories. And so that's really what we're able to accomplish uh, with the MP3 players. You know, instead of now having to go in and learn a language, develop a writing for it do a many-year literacy program, uh, Bible translation. Some of that now isn't necessary. At least we can do, get, do something sooner than that. And again, by doing it in, in story and the way that people are, these people are used to learning and listening, it's actually more effective. Now, so uh, who tells the stories? I mean, do you have readers? I suppose that godstory.org is, is the one that does this part of it, right? Right. Yeah, I think so. The way MAF works we partner with other organizations. So right. so we provide, you know, the airplanes. If there's a doctor that needs to get someplace, we go in and we fly in to wherever that it is they need to go. Right. We don't, in general, have, you know, doctors um, in MEF right. itself. Right, gotcha. Um, and so, so we're doing the same kind of thing with, with learning technologies is we're, we're partnering with, uh, with seminaries and other organizations around the world and providing the tools and training on how to use uh, technology for, for education, how to do the this storytelling technique and that kind of thing. Right, okay. Um, so that's kind of how, how we work. Very good. Uh, one thing that I really appreciate about MAF is something I appreciate about you and what I picked up, uh, something you said uh, in the life spring, you know, a few ones ago you were, you were, you were talking about yourself. Yes, uh, which uh, I hate to do. <laughs> <laughs> but you made a, a really, really important point in that, and that is there's all these you know different denominations that have have some differences, but there are differences on peripheral things. Yes. Um, as long as we hold to the essentials of the faith, that uh, you know the other things we can talk about and discuss, but we don't need to divide over. Right. And MAF is very much like that. We partner with uh, pretty much anybody of. of like mind and faith. And uh-huh. there, we don't have any particular denominational ties, per se. Okay. Um, although, even beyond that, a lot of what we do is actually relief effort, the tsunamis and things like that. We help with that. And so we'll actually even partner with uh, non-Christian organizations that are providing relief. Yeah, so so what I'll be doing, you know, behind all these, these stories um, is, is a bunch of technology, um, a bunch of computer programming. Uh, so, like, for example, one thing that I really hope to do is uh, develop a program to deliver training in closed access countries. There, there's places around the world where trying to access this education, you know, can get you killed. Mm, yeah. And so what I'm hoping to work on is a, is a program to deliver this training in a way that's still easy to use but provides complete anonymity for the students. So, like, how it may end up working is may have everything, at least enough of, for one course anyway, on a thumb drive. And then the, the challenge of it is having it be accessible. Uh, but so if you take it into 
uh, internet cafe, for example, to use it, that it doesn't leave any trace that it was used at all. So that's kind of um, there's some you know some interesting technical challenges to that because you have to think about you know even memory you know leaving things in memory and all that. So that's just one you know one project in a long long list that's waiting for my skills. Right. A lot of listeners may be more familiar with MAF than you may think. A movie came out a year or two ago called The End of the Spear. Yes. Uh, so that was about a story of uh, five missionaries that ended up being killed in Ecuador. Nate Saint was uh, the pilot in that group, and, and he was an MAF pilot. Okay. And so are you in the process now of relocating to Idaho, or are you there now, or what? I'm actually uh, in Idaho at the moment. We're at, just at the end, some additional training. So we've been here for five weeks, and we fly home tomorrow to Chicago, and we'll be uh, living in, uh, in central Illinois by my in-laws uh, for about a year or so while we raise support. And if I could just mention, um, if people are, are interested in finding out more about that, how they can help, um, they could go to... Um, maf.org slash roads, and it's R-H-O-A-D-S. And my bio is there. There's a, a place that they can, can donate, uh, partner with us if, if they're interested in doing that. Okay, good. And, of course, I'll have that link in the show notes. Right. Yeah, so that was going to be another question is, is how is MAF funded? MAF is, is funded in two, two primary ways. Forty percent of MAF's income is raised by career staff missionaries like like ourselves. Uh, most of the rest of it comes from just a separate fundraising arm. That they I think they go out and raise money probably more on a project basis, and that covers all the administrative costs too. That that kind of end of the fundraising, and then there's a small percent, a couple of percent I think that comes from uh, foundation investments, that kind of a thing. So then, how did you phrase that? The forty percent career what? Cor- Career staff missionaries. Okay, and they are responsible for raising their own support. Right, and actually, I should be clear about that: is is nobody is supporting us directly. You know, the, the way it works is, it's really you know a four way partnership. People give to God through MAF, and then God takes care of us. So you know, by people investing in MAF, I'm able to invest my time creating these programs so that uh, people in the developing world can get trained. Okay. So that's kind of how it works, and it's really important for people to think that way. They're giving to God, and so that certainly helps me too. I'm not, I'm not asking anybody to give anything to me. I'm asking people to consider investing in what I'm doing and giving to God so that I can do that. Absolutely. Well, it, MAF is very much a support for the missionaries that are on the field. I think of the Air Force. We have very few guys that are actually pilots, but they are the ones that are doing the actual work of the Air Force. But there are a hundred times as many people in support positions in the Air Force, and everything that they do is is really focused on getting those guys up into the air. And uh, mm-hmm. with MAF, I see that as everything that, that you guys are doing is focused on getting the gospel into the hands and the hearts and the minds of a lost and dying world. Absolutely. That's exactly what it is. And so if somebody wants to support MAF, what's the best way to go about that? Yeah, it's www.maf.org slash roads, R-H-O-A-D-S. Okay. And there's a, a donate button in the upper right-hand corner. And I'll just tell you specifically what MAF needs um, for us. We'll, we'll have some startup costs for uh, equipment, and, and we're moving to the other side of the country, so you know that takes some money. 
and then we need a $5,700 a month investment. Only do anything that God puts on your heart, but this really is a partnership. And so I talk about uh, this in terms of percentages. Um, you, you buy you know, a stock, and that gives you a certain amount of ownership in a company. And so I really want people to think about it in, in that terms. So 1% of what we need is $57 a month. So that's just real specific, but much more than uh, than the finances. We you know really covet your prayers for what we're doing. Um, that'll be effective. Well, I would ask you to consider as strongly about about making a commitment to pray for us as I, I would about the financial commitment. Absolutely. In fact, I would say if you don't want to pray for us, don't support us financially either. Mm-hmm. Right? You've been in the church a long time. You. We have heard a lot of missionaries come through and say, well, we really would rather have you pray for us than give us than give to us financially. For, for a long time, I, I thought, well, yeah, right. <laughs> somehow, it doesn't seem sincere somehow, but it really is. Going down this road that, that we have and uh, seeing how God has uh, answered our prayers, seeing how great the need is and it is true that without God, we can do nothing. So, Absolutely. So really do covet your prayers, and if you want to participate and invest financially too, you know that would be awesome. The more people that do that, the sooner I can get to doing what I'm good at. <laughs> so you're not really able to get your uh, sleeves rolled up and get to work with them until the uh, support is raised. Right. All right. So guys, let's respond. Let's uh, really consider praying about this and uh, making a commitment. Uh, there's a lot of ways to uh, help build the kingdom, and this is certainly one of them. Brad, you've got my prayers, that's for sure. And I want to thank you so much for just reaching out and uh, sending that that email to me. And I want to thank you also for being a listener to the LifeSpring podcast. You said that you've been a listener for a while. I, I have for, for for a really long time. I'll just mention, too, the, the hymn story. I love hymns. I love the life story. I love hymn stories, especially. That one that you did, I can't remember what the song was even now, but I remember the story uh, was about a guy that went into missions late in life. And I said in the, in the forum that that was really encouraging to me because I was looking at being 40 before I, I was going into missions and thinking about going to a remote area of the world, thinking, man, am I too old to be doing that? So that story was, was really encouraging to me. And then in the forum message, you made the really good point. Well, what about Abraham? <laughs> you know, he, he was he was way up there too. So I very much appreciate Life Spring, and uh, thanks so much for for having me.
Brad, thank you so much for spending time with me. And guys, if you're listening to this and uh, you're feeling like maybe you want to uh, help Brad and his family in their ministry, be sure you get over to maf.org slash roads. The show notes page will have all the links that Brad talked about in the interview at lifespringpodcast.com. Lord's blessing to you, Brad. Hi, this is Michael W. Smith with a call to action, which I believe is from the Lord. The state of Tennessee is suffering under the worst drought on record. Rain has missed our state, even as it drenches some states around us. Wells are drying up, and many have lost crops and cattle. This is indeed an emergency. Would you please join me in acknowledging our need for God, and that through prayer and fasting, ask that He will heal the spiritual drought, as well as the physical drought in Tennessee. Okay, so the reason for the show being a week delayed is that last Monday night, actually Tuesday morning, just past midnight, as I was editing the show with Brad, my mom phoned and I could tell that she was very upset. She told me that my dad had fallen, that the EMTs were there at the house, and they thought that he had broken his hip. Now, dad is 80 years old, so that was not good. Of course, I dropped everything and made the one-hour drive to the hospital to be with my mom and dad. And, And of course, the lovely lady Leanne went with me as well. Well, since that Tuesday morning, I've been pretty much consumed with caring for my dad, who was now in a convalescent hospital, having had surgery to replace part of his left hip. And of course, I've been caring for my mom as well, who's having a difficult time with all of this because, well, she's in the early ages of Alzheimer's disease. I think I've told you that. Leanne has been a fantastic help. And my little sister, who's about 10 years younger than I am, who lives much closer to mom and dad than I do, has been helpful too. But she's got three kids, with one being very young, so she hasn't been able to be there a lot. Just a few weeks ago, mom and dad uh, had a living trust drawn up, giving me durable power of attorney in matters of health care. Now, it's been very helpful in dealing with the hospitals and such. Uh, it's, it's easier than it would have been, but of course, all the care decisions have come my way. So I have to say it's been kind of a stressful time. In the admissions, you know, I had to I had to sign a piece of paper that you know had to deal with what levels of resuscitation they would uh, take if uh, you know it got to that point, things like that. So, anyway, that's why there hasn't been any LifeSpring shows during the last week, other than the LifeSpring Family Bible. It's been a little bit. Uh, well, it, I have to be honest; it's been depressing. It's it's hard to watch somebody that you love declining in health as much as mom and dad are. Uh, his first evening in the hospital when they brought a tray of food for him, uh, my mom had to feed him. And uh, i got to say, it was, it was hard. It was hard to watch. I'm, I'm thinking in my mind of the times when I was a little kid and, you know, we would go on a vacation or something like that and thinking about, you know, how young and, and alive both of them were and how much they enjoyed living and, and doing things and seeing things. And now, you know, here's my dad, uh, 80 years old, just drained and my mom with her early Alzheimer's uh, it was hard well many of you have written to say that you're praying for my dad and the rest of the family and I want to say how much we really appreciate your prayers Um, on the short announcement I put out a few days ago asking for prayers I said that the biggest concern was that dad is not a believer well there is some good news to report Leanne had a little talk with him a few hours before he went into surgery and asked him if he'd given his heart to the Lord if he'd asked for forgiveness, and Dad said yes. So thank you, really, so much for your prayers. It's it's really a relief to know that, uh, at least at some level, Dad has put his faith in Jesus, and uh, so that's good. As for Dad's current condition, 
He'll most likely be in the convalescent hospital for the next couple of weeks, but he is very weak. Um, This past year has been really, really hard on him, and he doesn't have a lot of reserves when it comes to strength and health. Plus, his will to live is not really very strong, I have to say. Um, He's always been an independent kind of a guy, (laughs) rebellious, and he's not really very good at accepting help from other people. Um, He's been in a lot of pain from arthritis and other ailments, so... So he's had to have a lot of help for the basic things over the last year. And he really feels like it would be better to just check out. So now with a broken hip, things are really looking even more down in his mind. He's not really sounding very willing to put up the fight and the will that he's going to take to get back on his feet. And so really the next couple of weeks are very much going to be up to him. So in your prayers, please pray now that God would touch his heart and draw him closer to God. Um, right now, he's a baby, baby Christian. You know, he, he just now gave his heart to the Lord. And he needs to learn to lean on God, not on his own will. I don't know if there's time for that to happen. God can do miracles in a person's mind and in their spirit. That's for sure. But, you know, I, I just don't know what God's will is right now for, for my dad. So pray for, pray for him. And then for mom, pray for clarity of thought. Pray for me that the decisions that I'm called on to make will be made with God's wisdom. And pray for the entire family that God's peace would be on all of us. And uh, I tell you, I I really, really thank you for your prayers. That's what family is all about, isn't it? Thank you for being a part of the LifeSpring family. Over the last few weeks, I've received lots of emails from you, and and here's an example. Hey, Steve, I just wanted to drop you a quick note to say thank you for putting together the great LifeSpring Weekend Music Show. I really enjoy listening to all the great music that you put together, and I'm also a regular listener to the LifeSpring podcast, and I appreciate your honesty and transparency with sharing your story as it relates to Jesus Christ. Thanks, brother, for keeping it going and for listening to God's call for your life. Your brother in San Diego, Jamie. And Jamie does a podcast called Summer Hill Gang, and I'll have that link in the show notes page. Jamie, thank you so much for your email. I appreciate it. And then here's another one. It says, hi, Steve. I've been an off and on listener to LifeSpring for a while now. In fact, I wrote you maybe a year ago about something. I was recently listening to LifeSpring 145 about how old temptations and problems can come back to bite you in the butt. And then he tells me some uh, some details about a situation that he's going through. And then he says, I just want to comment that 145 was a real help to me, especially considered that I feel like God is nowhere to be found while I'm in this hole. And I appreciate your prayers, and I thank you for your podcast. And it's signed, Matt. And uh, Matt, I know what it feels like sometimes to feel like God isn't there, but uh, be assured that he is there, and he is in the midst of everything that you're going through. And we got some voicemail this week as well. Hey, Steve. Bruce from Tennessee. Just wanted to say I appreciate what you're doing. Thanks. I just listened to the LifeSpring show on Temptation. Thought you had some very good points to make there. Thank you. Also wanted to reinforce your point to the broader family of Christians about agreeing on the stuff which is central Mm. and providing tolerance and listening on those things that are less critical. Right. You and I probably don't agree on a few points, some of which might even be close to central. Mm. But... I agree with what you're trying to do and the message of faith, hope, and love that you put out to the world. God bless, and keep on trucking, brother. Thank you, Bruce. God bless you as well. Yeah, the main thing is uh, to realize that we're not going to agree on everything. Um, 
thinking human beings never agree on everything, but as long as we do agree on, on the central things, mainly who Jesus is and uh, what he's done for us, uh, we're, we're going to be in good stead. So, Bruce, thank you so much. So thanks, everybody, for the email and the voicemail. I'd love to hear from you, especially right now. This is Zach from Los Van Daggy, and be sure to tune in to the Shameless Podcast on August 27th for my interview with Storm Chaser, podcaster, and fellow Hoosier, Michael W. Moss. Incredible lightning with these, and uh, that, I mean, just, I was just sitting there watching it while everybody else was on the inside. <laughs> Find out the origins of Michael's passion for storm chasing. That was one of those that was, at first, was very definitely afraid of, of uh, thunderstorms. Some of his close calls. I've had quite a few close calls, and uh, for some of the storm chasers will tell you that I'm known as the lightning rod. And how he prepares for a storm chase. Me, I'm very simple. I'm, I'm very a uh, busting Broncos when it comes to chasing. So for this and much more, be sure to check out the Shameless Plugcast at shamelessplugcast.com. Stay tuned, stay subscribed, and be a part of new media. All right now, I think a lot of you are probably listening to be able to find out how you can win a computer. Well, it's true. I'm going to be giving away an almost new computer. This baby was donated to me by a good friend to do with as I wish. Well, I wish to give it to one of the members of the Lifespring family. But how to decide? Well, I've been racking my brain for several weeks and I've come up with the answer. Have a drawing. So we need to make it interesting. We need to make it something that will encourage some dialogue between you and me, some input, some growth. So here's what I came up with. The more you participate, the better your chances of winning. And there are five different ways that you can enter. Okay, you can do all or any of these. So the first one is write reviews at the iTunes Music Store. You're going to get one entry per review. There's a minimum of 20 words. And I want you to write reviews of any or all of the Lifespring Family podcasts or any other podcast that you listen to and enjoy. The last two words of your entry have to be listen today. And those two words count for your 20-word minimum. Once you make the entries, email the list to steve.lifespring at gmail.com. Put Lifespring Computer in the subject line and give me a list of the shows that you wrote reviews for at iTunes. Okay, so that's easy. For every show you do, you get one entry. And by the way, thanks to the Dancing with Elephants podcast for this idea. The second way you can enter is I've got a survey online that I would like you to take. When you complete the survey, you'll get five entries. And remember, your information will be safe with me. I will not spam you. I will not sell your information to a third, fourth, or fifth party. I'm not going to put your information in a bottle and float it in any ocean or sea or lake. Nothing like that. I'll put it in a lockbox, then I'll lock the box, and then I'll swallow the key. Bottom line, your info ain't going nowhere, okay? So the survey is going to be at a link that you'll find on the show notes page. Number three. Record the story of your spiritual journey and email it to me as an MP3 file or phone it in to the toll-free voicemail line at 877-433-9091. has to be three minutes or less. Be sure to tell me your email address in your message and enter LifeSpring Computer in the subject line if you email the file to me. You're going to get five entries for that. Number four. Answer the Bible trivia questions that are going to be on each of the LifeSpring shows until the drawing takes place. You'll get one entry for each correct answer. And I'll have the Bible trivia question later on in today's show. Now, 
When you email your answer to me, again, enter LifeSpring Computer in the sub- subject line. There will be one answer per week per person. And lastly, record a promo for one of the shows in the LifeSpring family of podcasts. Make it 30 seconds or less. If it's one that I can use and that other podcasters would use on their shows, in other words, the quality has to be good, it's good for 10 entries. If you do more than one promo that qualifies, you'll get 10 entries per usable promo. Now, all of these details will be on a link on the show notes page at LifespringPodcast.com. Now, Steve, what kind of computer is it? Well, it's a very, very cool media center computer that I've been using in my own house for the last couple of months. The processor is an AMD Athlon 64 Dual Core 5000 Plus 2.6 GHz computer. It's got 2 gigs of RAM. Hard drive's about 250 gigs. It's running Windows Vista Ultimate, including, of course, Media Center. You'll be able to see pictures of the computer on the special contest page, which is at that link that I told you that is at lifespringpodcast.com. The fans in it are ultra quiet. You barely even hear it when it's in your room, and it's going to make somebody very, very happy. Now, as far as the rules go, let's not make this difficult. After the entries close on Sunday, September 30th, 2007 at 11.59.59 Pacific Daylight Time, I'm going to take all the entries, number them, and then use a random number generator to determine the winner. The results will be final, period. If it's illegal in your part of the world to enter a drawing like this, then don't enter. The details of the rules will be on the contest page at LifeSpring Podcast as well. Main thing is, let's have fun with this. There's lots of ways you can enter to win, and the more of those ways that you take advantage of, the greater your chances of winning. So good luck to everybody. So while we're at it, why don't I just tell you the trivia question right now? Okay, here it is. You ready? Who was chosen to replace Judas as the 12th apostle? Was it Bartholomew? Was it Paul? Was it Matthias? Or was it Andrew? Who was chosen to replace Judas as the 12th apostle? Send your answer to steve.lifespring at gmail.com and don't forget to put Lifespring Computer in the subject line. This is called The Two Wolves. One evening, an old Cherokee told his grandson about a battle that goes on inside people. He said, My son, the battle is between two wolves inside us all. One is evil. It is anger, envy, jealousy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. The other is good. It is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. The grandson thought about it for a minute and then asked his grandfather, which wolf wins? The old Cherokee simply replied, the one you feed. Today we're going to end the show just a little bit different. I'm going to play another Josh Woodward song that I think goes along very well with what's going on in my life right now. Remember, all the links that were mentioned in the show today can be found on the show notes page at LifespringPodcast.com, including links to all the music that we played on the show today. Thank you so much for being a part of the LifeSpring Podcast and for your prayers. I'm Steve Webb. May God bless you richly. Steel hair and a wheelchair. 
living day by day My mind is getting slower and my body's in decay But Franny, you're still beautiful just like the day we met I still know that you're coming when I see your silhouette Your silhouette Legs can't hold my body and my arms are both so weak The kids brush me away like I'm a dusty old antique But Franny, you still look at me like I am 25 You're still my blushing bride and that's what's keeping me alive Keeping me alive Well, I ain't getting any younger Franny, you're older too But I ain't lost my hunger I am still the one who waits for you And I'll be here from this day on Until they stick me in the lawn Yeah, I'll be here Time to waste now trying to tell the world goodbye Yesterday's so far away and tomorrow's all a lie So Franny, take my hand and let's go live another day It might not be our last, but it's a step along the way, along the way Well, I ain't getting any younger, and Franny, you're older too but I ain't lost my hunger I'm still the one who waits for you And I'll be here from this day on Until they stick us in the lawn Yeah, I'll be here has been an In Touch Productions podcast. The best and the brightest served up daily by the sharpest minds in content delivery, pod show, and limelight. <laughs>